Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Tampa Bay Lightning are up 2-0 in their series with the Devils after a 5-3 win at Amelie Arena Saturday. But will they face the same goaltender in Game 3 when they play in New Jersey tonight? And the Tampa Bay Rays are swept for the third series already this season, this time by the Phillies as they lose 10-4 on Sunday. But you know what? They lost more than a game. KK, he's not okay. And the Bucks begin off-season workouts today, and Jameis Winston will speak about his off-season which includes an NFL investigation. All this and more on our Monday edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Verstick. Before we get started, we want to welcome our sponsor, Continental Wholesale Diamonds. It's springtime, and we're celebrating with our spring cleaning sales event. That's Friday, April 27th, and Saturday, April 28th. All jewelry in stock, now 20% off. You need jewelry repair? Bring it to Continental Wholesale Diamonds, and you know your jewelry repairs will be done on the premises. Nothing is sent out. Or let us create something special for you. So if you're looking for that perfect gift for your wife or girlfriend, guys, go see my friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Whether you want a diamond pendant or bracelet or earrings, maybe you're ready to pop the question, you need an engagement ring, you're going to get the best price at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Why walk around the jewelry stores or the shopping mall? they got the big overhead. That means a bigger price for you. You know you're going to get a tax refund soon. So, hey, take it to Continental Wholesale Diamonds. That's where you're paying wholesale. There's no pressure. Mark your calendars to attend the Continental Wholesale Diamonds Spring Cleaning Event. That's Friday, April 27th and Saturday, April 28th to receive an additional 20% off already true wholesale prices. And remember, you come in. Andy's going to take care. He's going to pour you a glass of scotch. going to teach you about the four seeds of diamonds. He's going to find that perfect diamond for your loved one. It's Continental Wholesale Diamonds. It's where I shop, and they're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. So the Lightning take a 2-0 lead in their first round of the NHL playoff series against New Jersey. And, you know, Steve, they've never – I read this. It must be true if it was in our newspaper. Uh, they've never lost a series after winning the first two games at home? That is correct. Like so then it's over. in those series. So yes, it's over. It's, go ahead and let's this, go. Boston, Toronto. Let's you know who we're facing. Well, Boston's up 2-0, of course, in Toronto. Now they go. That series moves yeah, to they still Toronto. Got to play, they still got to play the games in Toronto. So that series isn't over yet. And Boston has dominated that series, and the scores look really lopsided. Um, but and I haven't watched all the series, but from some of the people I've read and followed on Twitter and that, that the five on five play in that series is fairly close. Boston's winning it, but it's it's a mm. lot of the special teams and all that where Boston's just dominating them and really taking advantage of the opportunities. Well, the Lightning took advantage of their opportunities on Saturday. That's for sure. They scored four goals in a ten minute span during the second period, including two on the power play. Uh, we you talked about it before the podcast when we were chatting about Alex Kalorn, how this guy continues to be Mr. Postseason, him and Tyler Johnson. Um, Kalorn has now three goals in this series. Tyler Johnson has two. Ryan McDonough has three assists. So those guys have been terrific. And how about this stat? Nikita Kucherov got a goal in this game too. So he's mm-hmm. he's now got, I believe it's 24 goals 
playoff goals in his career. So since the 2013-2014 playoffs, that was his first playoffs, he's tied with, I can't remember who it was, but the most goals in playoffs in the NHL since that time. And he missed a year last year because they weren't in the playoffs. And Tyler Tyler Johnson's one goal behind him. That's incredible. You know, they're off to a great start. And it's good to see. I mean, Kucherov played a great game on uh, on Saturday. And so, you know, if you were worried at all about the top line, don't. Um, those guys are, are, are certainly holding their own. But still, Steve, they were up. This game seemed to be put away. And then, you know, Andre Vasilevsky has to survive what was like a frantic final 10 minutes. He ends up with 41 saves, a lot of shots on goal. Um, but they managed to uh, to get it done. And uh, But they have a little problems now because uh, let's talk about some of their injuries. Ryan Callahan, who has been beat up, you know, with a, with a sore shoulder most of the year, a good portion of the year, uh, he left at the end of the second period with an upper body injury. Looks he like it was the return. shoulder again. Right. So that, that's not a good thing. Um, before the podcast, you told me they recalled Matthew Pekka. Correct. He's, so on an emergency that. Re- yeah, he's on an emergency recall from Syracuse. Uh, okay. which means he can stay up here as long as Ryan Callahan's out. So if Ryan Callahan comes back, whether it's tonight or Wednesday or later in the playoffs, and he has to go back, uh, you only get four call-ups after the trade deadline um, in a non-emergency situation. If someone gets hurt, you can't call someone up from the same position. So you couldn't call mm-hmm. up a defenseman because Ryan Callahan's hurt. Or, you know, that, that that's kind of the, the theory there. But sure. So he's on an emergency recall. Uh, so he'll be up with the team. Uh, but presumably, that's probably not a good sign. I mean, Corey Conacher has been scratched the first two games. He probably comes in. Matthew Peck is probably going to be in a backup role, would be my guess, uh, coming into game three. Um, mm-hmm. And then Dan Girardi left the game, and no one knows what happened to him. There's he, not been an update on him at he, all. He was on the ice for the goal that they gave up in the final minute of the second period. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't come back out for the third period. And so... Not really sure what's happened with him. Now, they have three other defensemen that they scratched each game, Jake Dotchin, Slater Cuckoo, and Andre Schuster, so no need to call up anyone if he might be out. Now, he could be in. They didn't give an update on Sunday, so we'll know more at the morning skate on Monday. This is what always happens in the postseason, right? It's, I mean, this is truly a war of attrition when you get to this far uh, and you get into the playoffs. I guess you would say that if you're going to get some guys nicked up early, um, you're okay if it's Callahan and maybe even Girardi. Uh, because of the reasons you just mentioned. I mean, you, you know, the ones you, you don't want to lose, obviously, are, you know, Victor Hedman and Kucherov and Vasilevsky and, you know, certainly people like that. Not that you want to lose anybody. Um, but this just starts, you know, they've played two games and you've already got a couple guys now that, that may or may not be able to play. Certainly Callahan's not going to. Well, I think um, these are big injuries, and, and, and here's why. I mean, Girardi and Hedman have formed their second defensive pair. Uh, really, right. Strawman and McDonough has become the shutdown pair. The Girardi-Hedman pair plays a little more offensive. They're, they're further up. Um, they're not necessarily going against the top lines all the time, especially on home ice when you have last change. Uh, it just allows Victor to be more involved in the offense. Now you're taking his partner away, and now he, presumably he's going to be with Jake Dotchin again maybe or an Andre Schuster. Or, I, I don't think it'll be Slater Cuckoo. I think it'll be one of those two. Um, does that, you know, how does that affect Hedman? How does that affect that play? And, and, and the defense has been pretty good. Um, really since they switched the pairings up and split McDonough and Girardi up and made it, you know, Girardi with Hedman, McDonough with Strawman. It's been the defense has really ramped up and been a lot better. Now you if you, you take that piece away, let's say if he's if he is out, you know, how does that affect the team? And then as far as Callahan goes, that fourth line has been extremely effective with Kunitz, Callahan, and Paquette. Yes. Earlier in the year when Callahan got hurt, that line disappeared. 
you didn't notice them anymore on the ice. It, he really is kind of that heart and soul of kind of the team. I mean, when he's on the ice, you know, he doesn't score a lot anymore, but man, he throws his body everywhere. He's hitting oh, yeah. everything in sight and it rub it runs rubs off on everybody else. And if you yeah. lose him, I mean, you've got players that can sub in and they're good players, whether it's Corey Conacher or Matthew Pekka. But I, I think you lose something when you lose Callahan in that. And, and, you know, the injury looked pretty bad, knowing he's had a hurt shoulder. It, it could be a longer-term injury. We don't know yet, but it could be. Well, and you consider all his playoff experience. I mean, you're right. That's that's not the guy that you that you want to see go down. And and um, but you know, you got to move on. They are up two zero, so that that helps them now. What did you make of the way the game the game finished? Um, you know, I I, I think and, and you know, Cooper kind of alluded to this. We'll we'll listen to him in just a second about how. You know, the goal is, you know, it's not style points anymore. I mean, you're just trying to survive in advance, and so they're up 2-0. They did their job. Now they got to go try to do what New Jersey needed to do, which gets one of the next two, um, you know, in New Jersey, and they'll be exactly where they want to be at 3-1 coming home. Um, but here's what John Cooper had to say sort of about how the game ended. We did a lot of good things to get that score to 5-1, you know, and you can sit here and say, well, we caught a break here or two, but – I don't know, I'm a, kind of a big believer you earn your breaks. And uh, I thought we earned them. Uh, we got the lead. It was it, it was tough giving up that goal with under a minute to play in the second period. That was kind of senseless, but it was a little bit of a bad break because, you know, Callahan, um, Voss's stick had to come off, and and, uh, and then we kind of just backed up, and I, I thought we just gave him a freebie on that one. So, um, you know, we go in 5-2, and... We we had uh, a couple glorious opportunities to extend it, and you know their guy made a couple good saves, and and then we just you know we got kind of in that let's just sit back, protect it, chip it out, which it uh, you know it wasn't something that we wanted to do, but in the end we did it, and our goalie was uh, was good for us. He was good for them again with forty one saves. So so how do you evaluate this game? Was the third period disappointing or? You have to remember, too, that New Jersey, they're a playoff team. Well, absolutely. Well, I think a couple things. And I think he alluded to that the goal at the end of the second period uh, changed things drastically. I think going into the, the third period, 5-1 compared to 5-2 would have been a lot different. But a couple sure. things happened. Is you, you were shorthanded in the third period. So you didn't have Callahan, you didn't have Girardi. So you were down to 11 forwards and five defensemen. Uh, New Jersey's making a push. They've got nothing to lose. Um, young team learning in the playoffs. So they're pushing. But the Lightning had a few of the the mistakes that they weren't able to get the puck out of the zone. There was a couple times in that period where they were having trouble getting the puck out of the zone. Maybe and maybe they'd get it out and clear it to the center ice, but you know, couldn't get it deep enough to make changes. And there was a couple shifts. Their defensemen were on maybe two two plus minutes. They were gassed. Um, and they were yeah. gassed and and you're you're defending and you're scrambling and you're going around and, and every player on the ice is gassed and you're not really pressuring. Um, and, and it was quite noticeable. I mean, I don't think they played bad in the third period. It, it, the stats can make it look that way a little bit, but you had a team pushing too. Um, and right. they'd also changed their goalie, and, and, and you know they kind of responded and played a little differently when they pulled Kincaid, who I don't think you can fault for any of the goals he gave up, but I think it was just a, I got to change something if you're the New Jersey coach. You know, we, mm-hmm. we you gave up five in the first game, now you're, you're giving up five in this game in the second period. You know, I got to change something. And Corey Snyder oh, was yeah. very good. But I, I think... You know, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I wasn't panicked in that third period. I mean, you know, New Jersey obviously was pushing, and, and if a couple of those go in, it's a whole different ball game. But, you know, I didn't 
sense it that the Lightning were playing bad or had you know gone on cruise control or anything. I think New Jersey pushed. I think they made a few mistakes where they couldn't clear the the puck very well and got stuck, and that made it look worse. But I don't think it was a bad performance or a bad period. I, it wasn't their best one of the the playoffs, but you know I, I didn't I didn't feel like the game was really in doubt. I mean, you know, a couple of the shots go in, sure, but it wasn't like, you know, New Jersey had totally dominated it and it was, you know, the Lightning were just scrambling the whole time, but they, they struggled a little bit. But New Jersey pushed, well, and that's what a good team does. Well, and, and here's what uh, John Cooper had to say uh, uh, just 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 about that and, and just how how good New Jersey is. you you got to remember, these guys are there for a reason. We win the game, right? So we're up, we're up two. Um and when we wake up tomorrow, you look back and say, okay, well, what parts of the game did we do well? And we'll be able to look a lot at that tape and say we did really well. And we'll look at some of the tape and say that wasn't so good. And I'm pretty sure New Jersey is going to do the exact same thing. <laughs> so it's uh, the playoffs. People have to understand that, I don't know, what did Jersey have, like 97 points? That's a lot of points. You don't fluke your way to 97 points. So they're a playoff team, and they've got a good team. They're in the, there's a reason they finished ahead of eight other teams in the Eastern Conference because they're good, and we're pretty darn good ourselves. So it's uh, there's going to be battles. There's going to be swings of momentum, um, but the big thing, you know, the big thing for me is who won the game. And for as I said, for a lot of that game, I thought we did uh, a lot of really good things. The one thing I know about playoff hockey, Steve, is that it is it is momentum, um, and you have to change it if you're in New Jersey. Now, sometimes going home can change it. You know that that building will be on fire, and they'll expect to win their two games at home and get this thing even. Another way to change it is to make changes, though, and we expect that. Do you expect them to uh, replace now Keith Kincaid with Corey Snyder? I do think Corey Snyder will start Game Three, and. and- John Hines has said that he knows who's going to start in goal, but he hadn't talked to the goalies yet, so he's not telling anybody. Uh, but he also said other lineup changes will come too. But I, I believe Corey Snyder will start. It, it's a shame for Keith Kincaid, who's played so well since the All-Star break, uh, led the NHL in wins since then, um, has played really well. Corey Snyder's been hurt most of the year. Uh, and, and, you know, you really of – the, of the ten goals that – or nine goals Keith Kincaid gave up, one was an empty netter in game one um, – you can't really fault him on any of them. You know, I mean, they were, you know, Lightning made some some great plays and, and you know, tips and things like that where, you know, what's a goalie going to do? But sometimes you got to do that to change momentum. Corey Snyder's a seasoned NHL goalie, a really good goalie. Uh, it's not like you're bringing in some young guy who's never experienced this before. Um, so I, I believe Corey Snyder's going to start game three. Well, it'll be exciting, and, of course, we'll talk about it uh, all day on Tuesday. Uh, game three is tonight, 7.30 p.m. at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey, and the Lightning will try to uh, keep their winning streak alive here in this series and uh, try to make it 3-0 if they can uh, after game three. So from a team that is up 2-0 and trying to sweep their playoff series to one that just got swept for the third time already this year, this time to the Philadelphia Phillies, the Tampa Bay Rays lose on Sunday 10-4. to That wasn't even the worst news. For the third straight year, Rays center fielder Kevin Kiermeyer is going to miss a significant number of games, this time with a right thumb injury. It happened in the first inning on Sunday. He uh, you know, looped a single to left field. Uh, you know, The left fielder ball was kind of bobbled around out there uh, and uh, by uh, Reese Hoskins and 
you know, so Kiermaier did made the right base running move. He went to second base and hustled in there, and he beat the throw, beat beat the error, if you will. Unfortunately, he came in so hard, and he always comes head first that he, you know, tried to hold on to the bag because he was going to, you know, slide past it, and he jammed his right thumb, and you know the. <laughs> It looked bad in the beginning. They went out there. The trainers went out there. Kevin Cash went out there. They left him in the game, and he was able to score on a triple by Malik Smith. But by the time he got to the bench, he realized that that thumb uh, did not look or feel the right way. He was you know, going to try to throw a ball, and he couldn't even grip it. Um, you know, For Kevin Cash, it's just another disappointment uh, getting Kiermaier hurt. It's beyond frustrating. I mean, <laughs> we're all tired of KK getting hurt, and there's nothing he can do about it. He get, he goes about his business as hard as anybody in the game, and uh, you know it was a typical KK play, busting it around the second base. A guy bubbles the ball, and you'd like to see him get a little more reward for for that than missing significant time. But this is three years running now, where there's a chance he's going to miss a chunk. X-rays were negative. They're going to take an MRI this morning, and uh, they expect to see some ligament, maybe some tendon damage. Uh, he was wearing a soft cast after the game, and you know, Kiermaier said from the beginning uh, that he knew th- something wasn't right. It was one of those plays I was actually going to just think about just going to second um, initially because I seen he was kind of uh, uh, getting there a little bit slower on that on that little blooper I hit, and then. Um, then I decided to shut it down, and then I, I saw him bobble it. So I took the base and thought opportunity was presented to me. And, you know, I go in there, and I knew it was going to be a close play. And um, the hand just kind of got caught on the ground. Thumb went at a weird angle. And it was one of those things I felt like, uh, you know, I, I had the chance to over overslide the bag like I've done a couple times in my career, and I was just trying to hold on. And... Um, I don't know if that's what made my thumb go in at the angle it did, but um, definitely I, I thought I jammed it uh, <clears throat> right, right from that moment. But I just didn't, I didn't like the way my thumb felt after that, as far as um, you know how it was looking or how it was moving. And I, I told him I could run the bases, and whenever I got in there, I tried um, you know squeezing a ball, and I, I just I shut it down right away and knew something wasn't uh, right. So get a further test tomorrow and get final word on what's going to happen but you know it's just uh it's unfortunate just another kind of freak accident and i can't believe i'm saying this for a third year in a row now uh, the hardest part about all of this is that, you know I, I feel like I, I let a lot of people down teammates community coaches um and you know i harped on this spring training all year i said i just want to stay healthy for for all my teammates and i want to you know Put my talents on display for a full year, and um, that's in jeopardy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right now. It's a real shame, Steve, for Kiermaier, who, who's a guy that's had a history of injuries, even going back, you know, when he was playing in the minors. Um, if you just look at these last three years that he mentioned, I mean, this is a guy that can do anything or, or sometimes everything. I mean, he's got a platinum glove. 
in center field. He's got an above-average arm. He's got really good speed. He has surprising power. He can do anything you ask him except stay healthy. And, you know, last season he missed the two months with a hip fracture. As he mentioned, well, I slid feet first into first base. That's how I hurt my hip. I would say this about that. Sliding feet first is generally preferred as far as injuries go. I don't have any statistics on this. I just think that you're not exposing yourself as much. But you never want to slide into first base. First base is that one base that you run through, and therefore your momentum is always going forward. And when you do slide into first, it's a split-second decision. It's almost always late. And that's frankly how I think that he uh, had the hip fracture. Um, Anyway, he ended up playing just uh, 98 games last season because of that. He missed two months. He played in 105 games in 2016 because he had the wrist injury. Uh, not much you could do about that. He was trying to make a diving catch. We know he runs in the walls. We know he, he exposes himself um, sort of the way he flops around in center field, but that's how you win a platinum glove. But, you know, uh, it's it's just sort of the style of play. And I understand, you know, I mean, look, the guy went in to the game. He, he had a couple hits uh, on Saturday. You know, he has a leadoff, uh, has, has a bloop his first time up on Sunday, but he's batting 163. So you can see why he feels sort of responsible for this terrible 3-12 and start, and they're already 10 games behind Boston in the American League East. But I'm just telling you that, you know, the the, the way he plays, it, it's somewhere between, you know, great hustle, you know, because he walks up to home plate every day, I'm hustling, I'm hustling, and reckless, which, you know, you wish that there was something in Kevin Kiermaier that would say, mm, I don't know, first inning, game 15, uh, it was the right base play, but but you know, just like what can, what can he do in his mind to sort of you know try to keep himself healthy for for 162 games? Kevin Cash and I asked him about it. Do you ever wish that you know Kiermaier would go in feet first more to the bases? Because when you slide head first, you're exposing ten fingers, your hands, and your wrists, and any any one of those can can knock you out for a period of time. Here's what Kevin Cash had to say. I don't think you can really change a style or the way the comfort of slide. I mean, we'll, we'll take the, the effort that he gives. It would be way off base on me to second-guess anything KK does because, you know, if, you, if you're hand-picking somebody to play, uh, that's the style you want your guys to play. You know, there, there's a lot of things that this team is not doing well right now, and let's start with the fact that this team was supposedly built on pitching and defense. That's what we heard. Weren't going to hit many home runs, weren't going to score a lot of runs, but it was about run prevention, not accumulation. And so if you look at their top starters, Chris Archer, Blake Snell, and Jake Faria, they're 2-3 and three with a, six, two, a 6.57 ERA. So it's not, you know, the bullpen has actually been the better starter, except for Alex Colomay, who you counted on being your big closer, and he's been awful and has lost two games already and, and blown a couple of saves. Well, on Sunday... They started Ryan Yarborough, and he struggled uh, in, the, in the third inning. He had a 38-pitch third inning, gives up four runs in just that one frame alone. He didn't even make it out of the fifth. Um, so it's, it's the fifth time, Steve, that this team has allowed 10 runs or more. And they, they've you know lost all of them. They've given um, up 81 runs in 15 games. That's incredible, right? It's over five runs a game. Yeah, well over. And, and you're not going to – I'm sorry, but, you know – their pitching is supposed to be much, much better than that. For a team that's based on pitching and defense, I don't even know that their defense is that good. You were talking about it uh, before we came on. 
this team does not do the the simple things well. They don't they don't have good situational awareness. Well, for, for instance, today Daniel Robertson, there's runners on second and third. He's playing shortstop, filling in for Danny Echeverria. Gra- grounder comes to him pretty hard. The runner mm-hmm. on third Smashed. base did not take a big lead, did not break on contact. No, and he's Daniel not Robertson to... didn't even look at him. Gunned nope. it to first base and overthrew it by a mile when he had more time to set and throw too, and allows the yes. run to score. Uh, you know that. Didn't even look the guy back at third, and the guy at third wasn't running. No, because he's actually playing it the way you're supposed to. In that situation, the ball's got to go through the infield, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, that that's what third base coaches tell him. Make sure, make sure you freeze on a line drive and make it go through the infield before you just jog on home. Yep. And so he froze like you're supposed to. Robertson never even looked him back. The ball was smashed. It was a pretty good play as far as the pickup goes. And then you're right. He hurries to throw to first. And even though it was off the bag, had it been not so far off the bag, you know, CJ Crone could have probably tagged the, you know, the hitter on and the way through. He tried to make we a sweep e- tag, but he couldn't even do that. It was such a he bad. Was so throw. far up the line that. Yeah. So the run scores, and you know that that was just just one play. But they demonstrate that all the time, where they just they just don't they don't seem to make the right play at the right time. Um, whether it's defensively or offensively, they certainly didn't get key hits. Well, their base uh, the running one, has been pretty suspect, and, and that's been a couple years now for this team where they they just don't. Oh, they ran themselves out of games last year like mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, and we talked about Kevin Kiermaier, you know, uh, in the opening series or whatever. He was on third base, and he got away with it. In the, the third baseman wasn't. Yeah, the, the, but the third baseman wasn't covering him. He had, took a, a tiny lead, wasn't far off the base, didn't break on contact, and then. You know, it was a wild pitch or whatever, and, and luckily right. he didn't then try to make up for a bad bad play by not getting far enough off the base and try to score where he probably would have been thrown out. He waited and right. ended up scoring, but he should have scored before that. And and this goes to, you know, like with Kiermaier, I mean, Kiermaier is aggressive. I mean, you look, there's no manager going to tell you I don't like aggressive base runners or I don't like mm-hmm. guys that, that, that go all out because that's what you do want. You do want guys that play as hard and it matters as much to as it does Kevin Kiermaier, whether it's on offense or defense. You want that, but you just want him to play smart. You know, there, there's just and and again, he made the right play going to second today. I mm-hmm. I would prefer that he learn how to slide on his rear end in the second base because I look, I played the infield. I've stepped on plenty of hands around the bag. I've knocked guys out of games right and left, um, not intentionally, but you know when you're wearing when you're going into a guy that's got metal cleats on his feet. You rest assured, you know, and you're putting your fingers all over the bag that he's stepping on mm-hmm. or trying to tag you with. Um, if somebody gets hurt, it's not going to be him. I used to love it when a guy would slide head first. Couldn't wait. I could, I could bang him in the head, in the helmet. He'd catch a glove in the face. Um, if he came in feet first, there was a chance that one of those spikes were going to catch me. And I was really aware of a guy that was coming in there hard feet first. Uh, and the tag some wasn't always that quick. You know, I could get, I could be the guy that gets my wrist ripped apart. So, you know, a lot of guys just don't like sliding on their rear ends. I didn't like doing it because I always came up. I wasn't good at it. I came up with strawberries, and you know, who wants to stick to the sheets all night? I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. Um, but Kiermaier is not going to change the way he slides, but he could change the way he plays. In that, you know, there is such a thing as controlled aggression. You know, you, you can you can manage yourself in baseball like or any sport for the entire season and realize what you mean, you know, to your ball club. Um, I equated a little bit to football in that, you know, Jameis Winston suffers from this. They love everybody loves and you can't change his competitiveness. They love the way he competes. That's that's sort of his strength. That's sort of what makes him 
great. But that same thing that makes him great in the NFL um, can get a lot of people fired because you have the entire franchise in your hands. And when you're trying to scramble, okay, because your left tackle gets gets you know beaten bad off the snap, and you're running to your right, but it's the first quarter and you're up three to nothing with ten minutes to play. That is not the time to take a hit while you're throwing the football to God knows where out of bounds. Um, and, and you know, I think back on the Arizona game, you know. I mean, th- those are the kinds of things that, that get you knocked out and now your team is not going to win this year and coaches could get fired. Well, so, we always talk about Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. And, you know, one of the things yeah. they do well is they get rid of the ball quickly. And if Absolutely. there's nothing there, they throw it away. And, and Absolutely. living another down, living another series, living another game is more important than than being sacrificed because you gutted something out. That their value yeah, is, Kiermaier, you know, Russell Wilson does it extremely well in the he, NFL. Yes, and, and as a yes. mobile, as a more mobile quarterback, he never takes a big hit. He knows he knows when to get rid of the ball and knows that mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what this play does. My health, my my being quarterback of this team for the next play, the next series, the next game is more important than anything that's going to happen on this play. Yeah, I got to play 16 games. The great ones play 16 games. They find a way. They're all going to get hurt. They're all going to get nicked up. But you don't. You can't take that season-ending injury, and that's true with Kiermaier. I know things are going to happen in baseball. You're going to get hit by pitches. You know, you're gonna you're gonna have. I mean, you're gonna try to make a play in the outfield and it might land funny. I mean, I, any. You know, if you're playing a competitive sport and you, and you know you're gonna bang into things, the ground or uh, or other players, you're gonna get hurt. I mean, it's gonna happen from time to time. But for a guy who you just have to kind of at some point. You kind of look look at what he's doing and his value to the club, and say, "Hey, man, not that I want you to throttle it down, but throttle it down." You know, it's it's game fifteen. I mean, again, he made the right play. It's unfortunate, it, it, you know. If the guy, it's so funny. Like if a guy just picks the ball up clean, he's going hard around first, no matter what, just because it was a bloop single, and, and the guy didn't really bust it off the bat. And Kiermaier knows that, and he's always looking to try to steal one, right? He's always looking to try to steal that double, that hustle double. Um, and, and the funny thing is, if the guy picks it up clean, he's headed back to first. In fact, he comes to almost a stop. And then when he sees the bobble, now he's trying to make up for lost ground because he's lost some of his momentum. And by the time he gets a second, he can't stop. Well, Matt you know, Duffy, Matt Duffy Friday night uh, had a fly ball that he didn't hustle out of the box. The outfielder drops it. Mm-hmm. There's two outs. So he then goes to first, goes around, tries to make second base. Well, he gets thrown out at second before the guy who was on second scores. And the run right. doesn't count. And it's it's knowing the situation, knowing what's around you, knowing that, hey, there's a guy going to score. I can't get thrown out here. I've, you know, no, I've got to stay, stay at first. I'm more important yeah. there so that the run scores. And, and Duffy got thrown out at second base, and it was the end of the inning, and the run didn't score. Yeah. And it, it, it infects the pitching, too. Like, we saw a situation, um, you know, I was, at the, I was covering a game for the, for the Times – on Sunday, and you know the Phillies are up a bunch of runs. They put in a guy; he can't throw strikes. I think he walked the bases loaded yeah. before they took him out again. Yeah, you're up six runs incredible. and you can't throw strikes. You shouldn't be on a major league roster. No, and maybe he won't be. And you have a little annoyance yeah, too speaking, about, about yeah, game, your boy. Game, game fourteen <laughs> for the Phillies. Game fourteen. It's the fifth inning, and they put a pitcher in for one batter. The fifth <laughs> inning of game 14. I mean, I, That's I get Gabe, the analytics. Man. I get that. But Gabe Kapler, I mean, he might as well be Tony La Russa or Bob Abner Doubleday Boone trying to reinvent the game and overthinking <laughs> everything. 
I mean, this is I, what I get the analytics, and I'm not I'm not opposed to analytics at all. Although I don't think it's the end all be all to everything, but this is what they're doing. But the fifth inning of game fourteen, and you're putting a guy in for one batter. Yep, it's just and hard that's to why watch. They, it's hard. That's why to they watch. last so long, and why so so few people are continuing to watch Major League Baseball at times. But uh, uh, it was it was a it was another bad loss. There's no good ones, obviously, but four in a row now. For the race, they start a series tonight against the Texas Rangers. Blake Snell will be on the mound. Talked to Blake a little bit. Said, "Yeah, you know those 114 pitches I had in the last game, probably not that good. I probably need to be a little more efficient, especially when I get two outs." Um, he recognizes what Kevin Cash knows, and that is, look, Archer, Snell, and Faria. If they can't drive this bus, it ain't going anywhere. Okay. And uh, it was funny. Uh, Cash was asked before the game, you know, did anybody express any comments about you know you saying that that these starters need to be better and he said he said no he goes i hope they start expressing it on the mound (laughs) so (laughs) it was like ouch babe um and the only guy that's hitting is malik smith who's you know sort of an adventure out there in left field but he went two for five he had the triple but then he also stranded a bunch of base runners but at least he's batting 350 uh, the rest of them though aren't doing anything carlos gomez by the way oof yeah it's been a rough start for him 0 for 5, two more strikeouts. He left four guys on base. He's batting 163. The only thing Cash would say about that is that Gomez has a track record of pulling himself out of these slumps. It was a new guy. Yeah, he's guy a veteran, so. Yeah, he knows He knows, He knows. knows how to come back from that where some guys would be pressing. And, well, one and of the other worries he, for the race, if you remember two years ago, when Kevin Kiermaier went down uh, with the wrist injury and, and missed significant time, that's when they went through their 3-24 and stretch. That's right. They're three and twelve with Kevin Kiermaier. You make a great point. Things are not now suddenly going to get better that Kevin Kiermaier is out of this lineup. Look, he was starting to hit the ball a little bit. Okay, it, I mean somebody's got to do that. One of these guys, and I think Matt Duffy's probably their best hitter. Um, uh, and you know he's played an okay third base, even though he had one get through his legs for a base hit, which I haven't seen for a while. I guess is in the drawn up infield. They they give you the benefit of, of the doubt. Um, but other than Matt Duffy, I mean. Kiermaier was going to provide that juice. I mean, Kiermaier is a high-energy guy. If you can get him on base, he is going to run the bases hard. We know you know, he might get hurt, but he's going to at least be doing that. They don't have anybody that can really spark them like that. They don't have that energy. And I think that's one of the main reasons that they had that terrible losing streak when he was hurt a, co- you know, a couple of years ago. Um, when he's out of the lineup, they, they miss his presence. And, and so, you know, and it was pretty obvious. We'll, we'll find out what the MRI says. Um, this morning, maybe it's not as bad as 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 they you know, yeah, believe the, it is. But usually, when when the manager and the player are talking, the way oh, they yeah. did, you the know, way they did DL. Sunday. You know, yeah, they you already know. know it's DL now. How long? How long? What the what the pro, you know is there surgery? Is it just healing? Is it that that that'll determine how long? But you know, he's out. I hadn't for thought some about time. surgery. If he has to have surgery, you're talking about a couple months. If it's just swelling and soreness mm-hmm. and stuff like that, that's a different ball game. Um, and that's what the MRI is for. And that's what we'll find out. But, man, I'm telling you, a bad season just got a whole hell of a lot worse. So it's the Lightning. Remember this, Game 3, 7.30 tonight at the Prudential Center in Newark. The Lightning up 2-0 in that series. We'll see if they can make it 3-0 against the Devils. And it looks like they're on a collision course with the Boston Bruins. So uh, Toronto uh, takes that series back home. Maybe they can get a game or two and get back into that series as well. Today, 
The Bucks, it's finally here. They get to get back into the building. The coaches get to see the players. The CBA has made this later and later every year. So John Gruden Every- can finally meet his players in Oakland? John saw his players last. Oh, that's right. Early, new, new coaches get to go earlier. That's right. Finally got to see him a week early, man. You know what I mean? Got to see him uh, last week, and then now the Bucks come in on Monday. We're going to have a chance to sit, to sit down. He'll be standing. We'll be sitting down to talk to Jameis Winston, the Bucks quarterback, who has not really spoke about any of the changes they have made on the offensive line, hasn't talked a lot about the offseason at all or what he's been doing. Is He looks great. He's been throwing with a lot of his receivers uh, that he had uh, both at Texas A&M with Mike Evans, went to Florida State through to Deshaun Jackson. Uh, and also there's a little bit of an investigation going on. We'll maybe get an update as to where that stands right now with whether in respect to the NFL and whether they've talked to Jameis yet. Uh, I'm sure, as you know, Jason Light and Dirk Cutter said, that uh, they were very frustrated at the slow pace of this thing. Uh, Jameis may well be too, and he may express that or not, but we'll find out. Um, so Jameis Winston will uh, will have sound from him uh, in his press conference uh, in tomorrow's show, so you want to stay tuned for that. Hey, remember, go see our friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Don't forget his spring cleaning event. That's Friday, April 27th, and Saturday, April 28th. You get an additional 20% off already wholesale prices. I know you're going to get that tax refund. That's the place you want to go. Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds is definitely going to hook you up. Hey, we appreciate you guys and all the feedback, getting some great feedback about the podcast, and we want to interact with you. You can do that on Twitter with us at SportsDayTB, or you can reach me at NFL Stroud, and always by email at rstroud at tampabay.com. And we want you to rate and review this podcast. And where can they do that, Steve? Well, you can do that anywhere you get to podcasts, whether it's iTunes or through Google Play. Maybe it's, you listen to Stitcher or SoundCloud or iHeartRadio or TuneIn. And, of course, you can always go to tampabay.com slash sports. The latest episode's there. You can rate and review it there as well. Please check back with us Tuesday. We'll have all of uh, your information from Game 3 from Monday night's game against the New Jersey Devils at the Prudential Center in Newark. And we'll get you, uh, of course, ready for all the race action as well. I'm Rick Stroud, the Tampa Bay Times, for Steve Versnick. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.